Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening to episode four of the Weekly Women's Sports Report. My name is Porter Hayes, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, last week we had Coach Dyfalon, and it was one of our most watched shows ever on any show we've done through the Hog Talk podcast. So uh, I really want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in for that show. It's always a pleasure having the coaches on and players on, and that's what we uh, – Plan on to do, we were going to tonight, but, you know, had some conflicts with scheduling going on. But we are brought to you by Fordham Lee Distillery, located in Middleton, Maryland, and founded by friends of 50 years of the values of family and friendship and just having a good time. Their bourbons and cream-based whiskeys are all grain to grass, utilizing the finest facilities and technology for distillation they use neutral grain spirits in any of their products, and all grains are non-GMO. The products exemplify quality that keeps their son's memories and their thoughts and prayers for all to partake. The spirits of our loved ones are the paramount to the employees at Frank Fordham Lee Distillery, and we are deeply honored when our customers enjoy and support our products. And always, we are brought to you by Bet Online where the game starts and we will start tonight's episode with uh, the soccer team fourth get the fourth seed in the uh, SEC tournament which will be the first time in quite a while that um, this is not the the number one I mean after back to back to back uh, SEC uh, championships um, th- this is a new um, feeling for the team there's some Players on the team that they've never been anything other than first place when it comes to the seating. Uh, Coach Hale had a, a media presser, um, and just there, there just seems to be a different kind of feel with the team. Taking one game at a time, um, the the setting of a SEC tournament where they got to play three games in five days, it just doesn't set up well for you know the the game of soccer it's something that he they're going to go to win each game but when it comes it's almost like the baseball you know if you win it cool but that it's not the be all end all if you go down there and, and you're expecting these girls to run around for 90 minutes straight for three games four games five days so they're looking down there to go down there they play uh Vanderbilt uh tomorrow um, and then the winner of that one will play Alabama, who ended up getting um, the first seed overall and winning the regular season championship and sweeping all kinds of awards. Uh, as much as we talk about Arkansas's women's programs and what they've been able to accomplish, uh, I'll tell you what, Alabama's creeping up there too. The, the softball program is elite. I believe they uh, they won the uh, cross country championships. Now they won the soccer championships. So, got to tip your hat to Alabama and what they've been able to do with their women's programs this fall. So, um, Arkansas did have seven hogs earn All SEC honors and a pot of jewel with her fourth straight first team. I mean, what does that say when it comes to the all time greats to ever play at the University of Arkansas and? She has another year remaining eligibility. So, uh, and, and Coach Hale alluded to that halfway through 
this season when it comes to her all-time goals record at 44 that she still has another full year of eligibility to really add on to this record. And that's what you're going to see with uh, some of these players that have played at Arkansas for a while and with that COVID year. They're going to get that extra year of eligibility to – and we're seeing it with the volleyball, with with Jill and Taylor. You know, just they're going to be able to get these records and – uh, same thing with bumper pull in the tackle record at Arkansas. You know, it's it's crazy that it seems like that was so long ago, but yet we're still dealing with the effects of the eligibility. And so mad props to Anna on her fourth straight appearance to the first team. She was the only one selected to uh, the first team, which I do have an issue with uh, Grace, Barbara, not being first team all SEC when it comes to the the goalkeeping, I mean you got ten shutouts on the year, and I know you go through um, SEC stats only, but it, it's hard for me, I guess, tit for tat when it comes to um, just the performance. She had a better goal average. She had more shutouts. She had more saves. Um, and when it comes to Arkansas, had the higher seed, so. I guess, in a way, I, I, that that's the only question I had when it comes to um, why did a, a certain player get and, – and you're going to have that every time when it comes to these all-SEC teams and stuff. But I, I did want to point that out, that she did get second team along with B. Franklin, Ellie Potagil, Potagil and Ava Tankersley, who rounded out the all-SEC honors on the second team. And then – you had uh, two, Ella Riley and Mackenzie Mollum, get on the freshman All-SEC team. So not only do you have everybody pretty much coming back other than your senior grad, grad seniors, you, you have freshmen here, Ella Riley, Mackenzie Mollum. Then you have um, Potagil, who sat out a lot with, with injury last year. So – it's going to be, and Ellie was a member of the 2020 freshman All-SEC team. So we're talking about, again, this COVID stuff, and, and Ellie was a member of the 2020 freshman class, and here we are next year going to be going into the 22-23 season. We'll be in the 23 season next year. So that starts out, and then after that, you know, the SEC tournament will determine where the seedings are and if Arkansas gets to host – and that will come out, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later on uh, uh, next week on next week's show. We're going to try to have Jordan Black, former 4029 uh, news anchor, sports anchor, um, ended up doing her own show. She's got her own podcast, so we're going to promote that, talk about that next week. So really looking forward to her coming on. And then uh, going over to the women's basketball team, they will start their exhibition on Wednesday night, which – we alluded to last night we were going to have a schedule change with our uh, – instead of doing our weekly Wednesday preview, we're going to move it to Thursday because of the basketball game. Um, and we're going to have um, someone from the Liberty uh, beat writer, Sia Red, come on, and we're going to talk about that very exciting matchup with uh, Liberty who comes in ranked. But Arkansas will play UFS, and for us old heads, we remember it when it was West Ark. And – I was talking to Coach Neighbors today, and it's crazy to think that a team like uh, UFIS 
playing an exhibition 10 years ago, this would have been a heck of a game. I mean, this would have been a really tight battle. UFIS used to be one of the nation's powerhouses back when they were JUCO and then when they first went over to NAIA D2. Um, so looking forward to this team, seeing how they do their handle their rotations. And if you're not familiar with the women's game, they play four quarters instead of two halves. So, uh, that was another thing that I really alluded when we were talking to Coach Neighbors today is, you know, how does that, you know, help you when you're getting rotations, when you're getting these things set in stone, especially with such, you know, with, with your veterans and your newcomers in. And it, it's just one of the things, and he is a analytics type of person and he said you know it just gives them more chances to utilize the two for one and three for two situations compound pressure and pace puts on their opponents and it's better because we typically draw a lot of fouls and don't put people in the bonus consistently so that's just a few things that when it comes to the four quarters compared to the two halves how that can really benefit Arkansas and then after, and this is crazy, another thing, name uh, uh, another D1 school, SEC Power 5 school that would officially start their season on the road when they travel to Pine Bluff and play UAPB Monday, November 7th. So tonight, like I said, is just an exhibition. They will officially start their season next Monday and then next Friday at 1030 in the morning which uh, no offense to, to the crowd, it's uh, elementary day. So uh, if you want a nice, loud, rambunctious crowd first thing in the morning, uh, it's always a lot of fun when you get all the, the school kids coming in there. But when I say rambunctious, it, it gets pretty loud in there when you got about three to 5,000 kids in there screaming at the top of their lungs. And But it's really cool experience getting to see the kids in there and, you know, cheer on the players and, I don't know of another school that really does that, but it, it's cool to uh, in, involve the kids in such a way. And playing an in-state school like Central Arkansas, you know, bringing them up. And so they play UAPB, UFIS, and Central Arkansas all in the preseason. Then on November 14th against Tulsa, they'll really start ramping things up when they play Tulsa, Kent State, before they go to the Virgin Islands for their uh, three-game set in the Paradise Jam where they play Northern Arizona, Clemson, and Kansas State. And, yes, I'm, I did say that correctly. And the one time we when we had a coach on, I said it was a shame that, uh, you know, th- they got to go play them all the way in the Virgin Islands because they, he knows that I, I really would love to have seen them come to uh, Bud Walton Arena. But this team right here um, – very, very, very deep. Um, it, it, it's going to take some time, and this is just how deep they are, that it, it's going to take a lot of time for Coach Neighbors to really what five works with who. I mean, you just got so much with, with Sailor Poffenbarger, Samara Spencer, Aaron Barnum coming back, Riley Langerman, uh, Avery Hughes, Jersey, Miriam, Chrissy Carr, Michaela, and Emery Ellis. I mean, this is a short roster, but getting the four fives in their rotations at the same time, and Coach Neighbors had also said something about um, being able to really have Samara and 
Michaela in the backcourt together. I tell you what, having that duo back there is going to be dangerous. If both of them are fully healthy and stay healthy, you, you've got an all-SEC player, Michaela Daniels. You've got the reigning freshman of the year. It, it's going to be very exciting to see. You're able to. You're going to see a lot of uh, up and down. And then Emory with her three-point threat, but Coach Neighbors said the top three-point shooter so far in the preseason was Riley Langerman. And we know how she is being a dog on defense and just really giving everything she can. And and Coach Neighbors just, you know, challenged her to, you know, get better shots, get more shots, get more shots up. And, and Riley's one of them players that she's going to do whatever it takes to benefit the team. Aaron's coming back for her senior year, and that's where you're going to have the rebounding with her and Jersey, Merriam, Sailor, you know, 6'2 guard, but can get in there and rebound too. So this is going to be a fun team to watch and very excited to see when, when they really get into SEC play. Of course, you know, it'd be nice to get out of the non-con schedule uh, undefeated, but they're going to drop some games. They're going to have some growing pains, and, and that which that all happens every year, especially with – the, the transfer portal and, and players leaving to graduation or leaving out to the transfer portal. So it's going to be cool to see. Uh, get in there. I mean, tickets are on sale. I'm telling you, these games are so much fun to watch. Five bucks gets you in. There's, you know, the big games, there's usually lines, but pretty much it's easy to get in, easy to get out. Plenty of concessions. So that that's the one thing about, like, this show, bringing the awareness when it comes to the women's sports is every one of these programs – are just begging for the fans to come watch them play. You know, they're begging for them to come out and enjoy Because once you go and once you really get involved, I know three or four of my friends and coworkers that uh, never really had anything to do with women's sports when it comes to it. And then all it takes is a couple of games and, and you go to them and you're hooked. Now you want to be involved with the team and now you want to help out. And then, you know, you want to – you know, just get really involved with the girls, and, and it's addicting, it's fun, and I'll tell you what, they deserve it because each one of these teams, you know, have been ranked at some point, some time. So get out there to Bud Walton Arena. I know it's going to be an exhibition game on Wednesday night, but you're going to see an in-state matchup and uh, come out for a good time. But then with that, we'll move over to the golf, which – the last week, I'd failed to uh, to mention the, the golf team, but they finally wrapped up their fall season in Cabo this weekend, finishing the Battle of the Beach with a tie with Baylor for eighth place, tallying a 285 in the final round, and the 14th-ranked Razorbacks had 11 over 863 for the whole tournament and was one stroke behind off the seventh-place Houston and five ahead of place of the 10th-place North Texas. Kendall Todd paced the Razorbacks during the weekend with an even 213, her lowest score since transferring to Arkansas. She earned a 72 with 13 pars and two birdies on Sunday to finish for a tie for 17th. And Kajal Mystery had the best performance for Arkansas on Sunday with a near bogeyless round with two birdies and just one bogey. And the senior had a 1 under 70 in the final round and tied for 23rd overall with a 3-over-216. So this is a program that hardly ever gets mentioned when we're talking about, you know, what they mean to 
the University of Arkansas and just the pros that have come through this program. And, and Shauna Taylor Estes has just done an amazing job. You know, you had a freshman last year already turned pro in Brooke Matthews, you know, and Maria Fossey. You know, it, 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 the list goes on and on when it comes to the, the pros that and, and the program. You know, and it's crazy to see that this team's 14th and you're like, that that's low for them, you know. And so they, they finish up the fall and I think they end up going, let me look at the schedule right quick. They start their spring in February in Melbourne, Florida. Then they go to Hilton Head, South Carolina, Tucson. Then they'll start doing, the, they'll have a Liz Murphy Collegiate Classic in Georgia, and then the SEC Women's Golf Championship in April. So a lot of these programs you see in the spring, they do fall slates because it keeps them, you know, it, instead of doing just one full season, I think this is, you know, COVID really um, changed a lot of how they do the scheduling. You look at volleyball, and now they're doing a lot of the uh, – uh, Friday Saturday matchups, Saturday Sunday matchups. They're they're playing two games on the road or two games at home against the same team, and it's really some like it, some don't. But the golf, you know, is just really picked up. They have a beautiful course at the Blessings um, that they end up having the LPGA really, you know, come out and and, and done a lot of things there. So that's another one that you know gets lost in transition when it comes to the programs around the University of Arkansas and just the amount of pros that they have produced. And then we'll move on to the volleyball where they took the Gators, the 14th-ranked Gators, to five sets uh, before falling three to two. And then they fell three. They got swept the night before. But that just shows you the fight this team. You go down to Florida, 14th-ranked, you get swept in the first matchup, and then you turn around and take them to the fifth set. And the fifth set, they go to 15. Um, and it, it's just one of them deals that you, you thought they were going to come away with it. They jumped out to first, first set lead, 25-20. And then um, Florida ends up taking the set 2-3. Arkansas found their rhythm in set four, going winning again 25-20. And then uh, lost in the final set, fifteen to seven. So there's still a lot of games left with the um, volleyball. You have, um, let's see, they have uh, South Carolina coming up next, and that is in Barnhill Arena on Wednesday, November second. Then they have uh, Georgia. They go to Georgia on Sunday, November sixth. Missouri. November 16th, and then they'll play their final home stand at against Alabama on the 19th and 20, and finish up their uh, regular season around Thanksgiving, November 25th and 26th at Auburn. But this team's been playing the last three matches without Jillian Gillen, and the, it's just the thing that you see a drop-off, but it's not that big of a drop-off. I mean, she means so much to this team. That's another one that has really just – you talk about benefiting for the COVID and what she's done for the volleyball program and really elevated it to the next level where they're ranked. They're getting ranked. Um, I can't remember if they've been ranked once or twice this year, but I know they've been ranked this season. 
But Taylor Head Jr. from Winter Garden, Florida, has really stepped up. And, you know, Maggie Cartwright, a senior. You know, so a lot of these teams, these, you know, Haley um, Deriggle, uh, 5M, mispronouncing your last name, I apologize. But that's one that's really stepped up in, in, in Jill's absence. Outside hitter from Phoenix, Arizona, the graduate. But it's just – you can't say enough about this team. Tatum Shipes is another one that you really just watch this team. I had a chance to go watch them against Colorado, and I'm going to go for the Alabama series. But you really want a team like this to do well. And this is one of my favorite programs at Arkansas. Uh, Coach Jason Watson is just one of the most sincere people. And to have a coach like him – that really just uh, appreciates, you know, what we have done going to the games, the fans. I mean, it, he, it's almost like you can see he, he wants the fans in there every single night to come in there and just pack the house. And that's almost like we wish we could just get the students in there and just get eight, 9,000. I think that would be so awesome for – you know, the, the program to come out and just see a packed house. You know, we're going to see that with the gymnastics program that when they have their two meets in Bud Walton and, and a team that's used to having two, three, five thousand there, they're going to have over 10,000 there. And that's what it it's so amazing that Arkansas is doing more. We're seeing, you know, what's going on with the soccer facilities, the softball facilities. Uh, Coach Watson was alluding to being able to play in Barnhill, and they redone the floor. And just having their own facility, yes, they share it with the gymnastics program, but, you know, having a place that's theirs. A lot of teams, a lot of programs in the SEC, a lot of teams in the program around, around the country don't have their own volleyball facilities. So when you look at what there is to offer here at the University of Arkansas and, and what's going on with the women's programs, you know, being ranked and being successful and winning and having these coaches who want these players to be bought in. And you hear it in every program. These girls, these athletes are coming to Arkansas because, one, they've been told that well, you can't play here, you can't play there. I mean, that happened to Taylor Head. She was told that she was too small to go play at another SEC school, and she ended up getting freshman of the year. Jill Gillen, same kind of scenario. You know, they go to these programs and they go visit these other schools, and, and when you're told that you're not good enough, it just puts that chip on your shoulder. And to have a program like Arkansas where they're on the cusp of, of getting that national tournament bid, and I think they're right there on that bubble again this year. It's going to be close when it comes down to the final weeks of, of how this team performs if they're going to get that national tournament bid. So a lot of games ahead of them, a lot of games against some good teams ahead of them to um, to make that case because you remember they beat eighth-ranked Washington and then they turn around and beat Georgia Tech, seventh-ranked Georgia Tech. And – they had 19th-rate Kentucky right there at a fifth set. You turn around and you sweep Tennessee. You go on a little run there, and you've seen it, and then you drop the two in a row to Florida. So we've seen this team go on spurts. But 
I don't know uh, exactly anything about uh, uh, Gillen's uh, status. Um, haven't really dug into that yet, but hopefully she's able to come back and really give this team a spark when it comes to playing against South Carolina, Georgia, Missouri, Alabama, and Auburn to finish out the year and really get this team because as of right now, they are sitting at five and six in conference and 14 and seven overall. I mean, even if they were to break even in conference or even finish one game above 500, but I think it would be hard to finish below 500 in conference and get that, you know, that, that tournament bid. But I don't know. It all depends on how many other teams in the, in the SEC get, you know, get tournament bids. So, but after that, we will go on to the uh, track and field, the cross country team, another ranked program in, in, in the University of Arkansas, on the 21st ranked. Arkansas Razorback finished second at the cross country, and uh, that's kind of crazy <laughs> when, when they finish second, and you're because you're not used to that. You know, Arkansas's track and field, the cross country program, I mean, is is on par of of, of the best in the country. And they ended up finishing second behind Alabama, which is ranked number seventh in the country. And so, I mean, it's just Coach Harder has done a really, really good job w- with this team. And, you know, it, 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 it takes a lot when you talk about you're doing cross country in the fall and track and field. So you're almost coaching two separate sports because you have to – you're coaching your cross country a lot differently than than your track and field. There's a lot that goes into the long distance compared to the sprints. And I know there's long distance races in the track and field in the springtime, but you know you're 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 running in grass, you're running on these trails, and sometimes I even seen the high school you're running at horse park, you know, horse tracks. So they ended up getting 74 points behind Alabama, who had 36, and that. It, it, and that's the crazy thing is they're, they go the lowest point total wins. Uh, they go by on how you finish. And it said Alabama had the uh, team honors. They had the second, third, fifth, seventh, and 19 finishers. And then Arkansas had the runners up with the fourth, 11, 12, 21, and 26 finishers. So they go off of how you finish in the race, what place, and then whoever had the best overall is where they go with that. So just uh, you can't say enough about this, these programs. And we're going to finish it off with another team that um, left off in, in the last week's uh, episode of the first one, and, and that's the swim dive team. I mean, another team that's kind of flown under the radar. You know, Neil Harper has done an amazing job with the Razorback swim dive team. Ranked at number 19th in the latest C, uh, CSCAA poll on Thursday, which was their first ranking of the season. And the last last time they were ranked was the 2021 season where they were ranked 20th, but they started the 2021 opening poll at 17th. So anytime you can say that you're ranked, it, it just builds that confidence. It builds up what you can do moving forward. And they're 0 and 2 in conference so far, 3 and 2 overall with losses at Florida and they just got beat on September 30th to Alabama, but they start again Friday, November 4th against Liberty 
And then the Texas A&M Invitational is the 16th through the 18th in College Station, Texas. And then the U.S. Open is Wednesday, November 30th through December 3rd. And then in January, starting in 2023, you've got Little Rock, Kansas, Vanderbilt, and then the SEC Championships in, in February. So that has got to be, and I, I want to get one of these coaches on that to explain, not really explain, but kind of talk about the difficulties because you were going from, oh, and it's almost like a basketball setting where and it's almost a, a mix between football. You're starting in September. You're running through some a, a few matches here and there, uh, September, November, December, you have a, a – a, one little U.S. Open, and then you ramp up in January, the 14th, the 20th, 21st, 28th, and then end of February. So it'd be interesting to see how you prep your team to be it, – it's almost like a hurry up and wait. Like, all right, we got this one. Then we're going to wait a couple of weeks. And then you really ramp things up in, into 2023. So – I, we'll end up getting a, one of the coaches on. We'll talk about the program and just, you know, what to look forward to. Some of these names that, that you can start researching. You want to start going to some of these these matches, these tennis matches, the swim dive. I mean, you, you watch the Olympics and you see some of these events on, on the Olympics and you're just mesmerized by how they do it and how they the spins and the twirls. And then you've got to come in there and – dang near splash perfect with little effects and then get judged. And it's another one of those, like, gymnastics where very technical on your tucks and your turns and how you land in the water. is So it's got to be very difficult when it comes to getting judged on these by every, you know, critiqued. And we've had Coach Weaver on, you know, just getting critiqued on every little turn and what you might think is a perfect dive could end up being way off. So – but that will do it for another episode of the Weekly Women's Sports Report. Again, I am Porter Hayes. We are presented by Fordham Lead Distillery and Bet Online. Thank you again so much for making this possible. This has been a fun adventure, and we're going to keep things rolling. you got women's basketball popping off. Then you have softball popping off. Soccer's in full swing, about to start their postseason play. Volleyball is about to start their postseason play. Hopefully, if they wrap things up and, and go on a bit of a run. But some exciting times for the University of Arkansas and very proud to be a part of it. And I want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of it. Again, we will be back on Thursday. Normal programming on Wednesday will kind of be changed up due to the game on Wednesday. But next week, have full recap of the SEC soccer tournament. We're going to have full recap on the um, exhibition game and then everything else going on in the world of women's sports at the University of Arkansas. Thank you again. We will catch you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.